0: state of the empire is
1: presented by the nerdy show podcast network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse and is brought to you in part by of sound the web's foremost source of music film news reviews and insights all nerdy show programming is made possible by a comic shop orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you to learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming visit nerdyshow.com
2: i'm billy d williams and you're listening to the nerdy show
3: Welcome to State of the Empire, Nerdy Show Star Wars Speculation Podcast, where we look for news in Duran places. Hi, I'm Cap.
4: Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt.
3: Hi, I'm Matt Rex. And we just saw The Force Awakens. It's uh, 5 a 5 a.m. Eastern time, um, and these guys over in the Pacific, they're they're doing a little bit better than us. Um, <laughs> uh, here's what we're this is going to go down. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna briefly say uh, how we felt about the film spoiler free. And then you can go watch it. Cause why haven't you watched it already? What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, what's, yeah. What's wrong with them and not what's wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That, that was too real. Doug. That was too real. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked it very, very much.
5: <laughs> I, I also liked it very, very much.
4: I liked it. I had pacing issues with the movie.
1: But I liked it. I didn't have pacing issues. I felt like, well, you know what? Pacing issues, only because I feel like it needed another 10 minutes, maybe
3: 15. That would have made me so happy if there was another 10 to 15 minutes. I could have done with
5: like another hour and a half. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Like, In a perfect world. You
4: know you know, what? The, the, that's actually kind of a good point. Like a, a movie that has bad pacing, but because you want more is better than a movie with bad pacing that you want less of. And,
3: <laughs> yeah. and we want just, much more. We want so much more because it was yeah. so just, good. Just
6: 10,
1: 15 more minutes of backstory of certain things would have really made it like 100% well-rounded. But that's not to detract from the cool, everything cool that the movie already is.
3: Because the fact is, it was a pretty great Star Wars film. How do you guys feel? Because like Doug and I have had a chance to talk, but um, but Rex and Spill, no, we haven't said a word. So this is this is the first we're talking here.
5: Yeah, Um, I, 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 yeah, Spill and I are still, I think, kind of formulating. Like we're fresh, we're hot off the press. Um, we we started talking about it a bit, but you know, spoiler free. I felt like it was a, it definitely felt like Star Wars to me. It, It it was a Star Wars movie, absolutely, in my opinion
3: yeah yeah i, I agree can't We're really sure. argue with can't really argue with
1: that it's just it, it moved from adventure to adventure to to it really wasn't like a like a serial like you know just going from one segment to another back and forth that uh every every new thing that i thought was i was a little new i don't know how it was gonna be it, it totally felt like star
5: wars there wasn't a single trade dispute or blockade <laughs> <in> <laughs> the entire thing
3: now that's going to be that's the gist of it. That's our spoiler for your view. We're going to dive right in, but first, before you guys go, I want to make sure that you know about our Star Wars coloring contest that we launched in last episode. This thing ends uh January 31st and we have luxurious prizes. You can color this coloring page we've made in at nerdyshow.com slash contest that State of the Empire Contest we'll link to it on this episode's page of course uh, so just color, color in this awesome thing by any means necessary and you could win one of several prize packs which we've added to and probably going to continue to add to including the Micro Machines prize pack featuring the R2-D2 slash Jabba's Palace transforming action set the Boba Fett slash Cloud City transforming action set the Imperial Guard slash Death Star 2 transforming action set Star Wars Fan Club uh, Han Solo slash Millennium Falcon gift pack, um, which is a numbered item, and uh, and then the comic pack, which is um, Marvel's Star Wars issues one through fourteen, uh, Darth Vader issues one through fifteen, Vader the de- Vader down one shot, Princess Leia one to five, uh, Shattered Empire one to four. And um, also uh, the uh, Jar Jar's Party Pack, which is uh, uh, toys from Taco Bell, including the episode (laughs) one Anakin Podracer toy, uh, the Queen Amidala's Royal Starship, and the Return of the Jedi Special Edition Boba Fett Sarlacc Pit toy, as well as the notorious and now very real uh, a Chewbacca notebook uh, as well as a shirt from Sphero the guys who make the BB-8 and all those sets also include Cy Fry's album co-op mode and uh, a Star Wars Reads Day pin and a poster from Marvel Star Wars so if you want to get any of that cool stuff all you got to do is do some <laughs> kick-ass coloring skills uh nerdyshow.com slash s-o-t-e contest
5: those uh, are amazing prizes aren't they like everything you just said is like I, what's crazy is like I feel like I had all of those micro machine things and that they're all awesome. Like that's an amazing prize pack. All of that stuff is awesome.
4: Yeah, ex- ex- except the the Princess Leia one through five. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, that's 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 not so hot. But I'm sure you at least have a morbid curiosity. So uh, yeah. <laughs> satisfy your morbid curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and right now, of course, uh, it's time for Willow Watch. All right. And we're back. Uh, Okay, so now we got some requests that uh, we didn't use the Willow sound effect from the Willow arcade game enough last time, so here it is several times (laughs) in a row. Willow. (laughs) Willow. 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 And uh, and I'll now tell you that uh, there's no Willow Watch. Willow. Uh, Will- Willow Watch is of course our segment where we look for signs that there's going to be a new Willow movie because we're talking about The Force Awakens right now. What the? Why are we stalling? It's crazy. And also that like next week or maybe the week after that. But as soon as humanly possible, we're going to be publishing our like over two hour long interview with Bob Dolman, the guy who wrote the script for Willow. It is in fucking credible. So that's coming super duper soon. Keep an eye peeled. Uh, Thus ends Willow Watch. Okay, the moment you've all been waiting for. The blast (laughs) doors are now wide open. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Let's talk about. Let's talk about The Force Awakens. Holy crap.
5: Don't let the Raftars through.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Uh. Yeah guys, I mean I had some like there was I have some light criticisms but I enjoyed this film 100% uh, as previously stated. <laughs> I hate Kylo I, Ren.
5: I love Kylo Ren. I love him.
3: I mean, he's a he's a he's a piece of shit. I hate he him. He is man. a
5: piece of shit. I love him. Like my hate I love like, it. I I love him too.
3: Like my hate is real um because he's a good character.
5: Yeah, the the I, I just I love how Like, they portrayed him as this arrogant, immature, young, like, angry... Like, that's such a... We never... I I feel like, you know, with the original trilogy, Vader was just such a next-level villain that was, like... There weren't very many flaws. He was just all-encompassing evil, badass. Like, you you couldn't even see a chink in the armor. And uh, it's really neat seeing this kind of, like... Off the rails, emotionally unhinged. I, I feel like they kind of did what they, what I would have wanted Anakin more to be like in the prequels, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if we got another movie of Anakin's transition instead of them cramming it into Revenge of the Sith, I feel like it would have been some of the stuff that they're doing with Kylo.
1: Yeah, like Anakin before he uh, fights Obi Wan on a volcano and completely burns most of his body. Right. Like, like once he's gone full dark side, I, I definitely can see that i i I was telling cap like where do you go from vader you know how do you make someone more evil and i guess the trick is that you don't like you just you just go into a different direction and i felt that instead of going like tank ultimate badass this was more like draco malfoy where like you'd love to hate him for different reasons because like everyone hates like whiny you know like whiny emotional tantrum throwing children so put that into this, and weird enough, he—I say he's like Draco Malfoy. I thought Snoke was a lot like Voldemort. <laughs>
5: Man, so basically, like, what you're saying is this is the next Harry Potter. Like we're getting a crossover. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I mean, saying, it's like this is a oh, this this super villain that everyone's like, oh, really scared of, really scared of this villain. He's big, he's imposing. He doesn't really, you know, whatever. He's got like half of his face missing, and he doesn't really <laughs> do anything. But it's like, but yeah, so, we're, but- we're so. We're so
5: And, like, yeah, he's whiny and, yeah, he's, like, annoying. But at the same time, like, he actually has prowess and he actually is intimidating. You know, I think that's – like, to to refer to Anakin again, I feel like we never – they never did a good enough job showcasing his power. Um, You know, we've heard so much about Anakin Skywalker's abilities. But, you know, unless you watch the Clone Wars, the cartoon series, which is great, you just don't get to see it as much. But, you know, Ren – we got to see it. We got to see a lot of
3: it. I mean, the first thing where he's like, he stops that blaster bolt in midair. I was just, I just, I just said a lot. Of, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. That's crazy. And, like,
5: the way people would freeze in place when he would just grab them. Like that was creepy. I almost thought it was creepier than a force choke. Cause it's like, you're controlling them. You're not just ending them. You're like holding on to them.
3: And then he like rapily prised through people's minds. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> there, there was a line that the, uh, the really quite shitty uh, talking Kylo Ren mask uh, said uh, that isn't in the film, but it was definitely meant for that scene where he's like prying through Ray's thoughts, except that it was even more sexual predator. So I think that's probably why they dialed it back. Like, Ooh, that's, that's just too much. What, what was the line, Doug? It says, don't fight it, you know you can't. Mm-hmm. And um, I think
1: he, I, I I think he also missed the line that uh, don't be afraid I feel it too. Yeah, and then and then he and also I don't think he said I'm immune to the light.
5: Huh. He did say don't be afraid I feel it yeah. too. He didn't yeah, say he, 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 yeah, he definitely said that.
1: Okay, um, I don't because I didn't I didn't I didn't catch that one. But it's but I he, yeah he also don't think I'm immune
4: to the light. I don't remember him saying that. Yeah, he didn't he didn't say that.
5: I I do think though that. I, I, I believe that that line was cut because that isn't true, right? <laughs> you know, like it's obvious that it wasn't true. You know, he's not. Well,
4: um, he he also he admitted to a struggle to Snoke that he was feeling between the two of them, darkness right. and light. Yeah, man, man
5: that scene with oh God. Like even though we we knew what was going to happen between him and Han, um, I, I still feel like there was genuine. I, genuine conflict there but uh, it's so fucked up the way like i the help he needed to get over what he was going through was to like cut off the light side completely yeah that's that's really dark shit <laughs> That's really dark shit
3: it is and i'm so uh i guess it's like uh like leia and her her hopefulness for him was so is so horribly misguided and yeah and he's such a better I mean, how could
1: you blame her though? Like, I, can't, I mean, it's her it's her son, you know. It's like it's like she's always gonna want to hold out hope that he can come back. Because, dude, if Darth Vader can come back, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's like there's hope for anybody. But the thing is, you gotta have, you kind of have to want it. But you know, if you look at it from Vader's perspective, it's like his son's about to die, and that was what brought him back. But Kylo Ren is like, it's his father that's all has he has his life in his hands. And he snuffed it out. Like I, I, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's uh, Which uh, I, pretty cool thing.
5: I feel like that will absolutely come back to haunt him. I, 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 I have to imagine that this was something that it was, it was done out of just brash immaturity and rushing, and and you know they're gonna have to hit on that. There's no way he doesn't feel. Uh, bad about that later on or or have, have a conflict about it it right. would be crazy if they you don't just do that kind of thing and have it not come back you know right I, uh, yeah that, that that actually has you know and i don't know we just kind of covered the length of the movie and wish we want it i just feel like there wasn't enough time we didn't get the memorial for han like han fucking solo just died like, yeah, we saw some tears and we saw Leia being distraught. And yeah, Luke, we found where he is. But, like, guys, like, we need to mourn for. A
1: quick yeah. Minute. Yeah. Well, I think there's a deleted scene somewhere because on the infamous Chewy notebook, there's this shot of, of Ray and Chewie in the Falcon. And I don't recall seeing oh, yeah. that shot in the film either. Ever. Yeah. You're, you're Not totally
3: ever. right. And like we, we, so we can we know now that it is one hundred percent like the only moment where that could have happened did not actually was not actually shown in the film. But we know yeah, it's where it's
5: when it's when Chewie picked her up, right? And they're flying back to the base.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's it is funny, like we we're all we all we all wanted more, and that's like not not that we, we were we were missing something, but that we just we were, it was so good we wanted it, we wanted more of it. Um <laughs> Uh, but uh we wanted seconds or thirds perhaps um but also there were moments where it could have benefited from a bit more um and and i think that that comes in in both the morning of han and then also a little bit of finn and ray before their adventure starts like i don't ever i loved them all the new characters were great and poe dameron people aren't going to talk enough about him probably but oh uh, he was great he is he is the wedge i always wanted um it, like as uh, Mike Rothman published a great review of Force Awakens on Consequence of Sound, and he he mentioned that, and like yeah, I agree completely. Like Poe is, <laughs> Poe is our our wedge we never got, and I'm I'm all about that.
5: That sequence of him like taking down like eight TIE fighters was fucking amazing to me. I was laughing.
6: I
4: was like, Holy shit. But I just want to say the, I think, uh, there's going to be a lot of Finn and Poe slash fic and I fully encourage it because they have great chemistry. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody had great chemistry. How the hell did they cast this? Because like all three of them really nailed it. Like,
3: I don't know the name of the casting director for this movie. I haven't like absorbed that information, but whoever you are, hats off to you. You win. I
4: think I think it's Nina Gold who did who's doing like Game of Thrones and also great casting for huh. Game of Thrones. So you
1: know you know there you know there's great charisma between all these uh, new actors when you have one actor talking to a damn robot that doesn't speak English. And when he gives it a thumbs up and it gives a thumbs up back and the audience <laughs> applauds and like <laughs>, laughs, then there's something going on. There's magic there.
5: Oh, that was great. That was so, that, that was, was great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, spill. How are we doing in the, uh, in the BB eight chopper battle of which is the coolest new astromech? <sighs> oh,
4: boy. Oh man. I wasn't expecting this question. Um, <laughs> BB-8 was quite was 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 pretty incredible. I will say, if they had kept his original voice, which his voice didn't bother me actually that as much in this movie, but Same. I think if they had, if they had kept the original voice, I'd probably put BB-8 up. But right now, Chopper still still has the lead. I I
3: what want. do you mean
4: original voice? The 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 vocal like inflections changed. It's a much like kind of deeper. Like I don't know, Matt. You could probably when, describe yeah, it. Yeah, when
5: when they first introduced BB-8 at Celebration, and then when we heard his voice and I think even the Sphero bb V eight has the old voice, um unless they've patched it, there was a lot of him going like beep 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 boop It was like way more like vocoder kind of sounding. whereas like the final voice is much more along the lines of like beeps, boops. It didn't more bass kinda. Yeah, it, it kind of was like – I know this is a, this is a little silly, but it was almost like he had like a Pokemon thing going on where he was just saying BBBB B, B, B a lot. Um, <laughs> and that was – it was actually like super endearing and really cute. And uh, it, it – yeah, it didn't the, – the change in the film didn't really bother me as much as I thought it was going to. But yeah. I, uh, it was so much more personable the way it, it was before. I don't um, but they I, still I, s-
1: I felt the, the voice that they have now felt like in line with every other robot where it's like – it had a language it sounded more like a language instead of just beep 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 beep, beep. wait what do you mean timmy's in the yeah. well beep beep, beep 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 oh i gotta go stop him beep beep, beep. oh luke's on what planet beep, beep 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 well now it's like up and down and all over the place so it sounds like he's actually saying something that you could like there, there were moments where it was beeping and booping all over the place and the way the audience is reacting like they were like laughing at something bb8 said i'm like you don't <laughs> know what the fuck he said he's just looking at the reaction like daisy really just gives him a look you know and then yeah. like suddenly you know what he's saying
5: uh the, the oh the chemistry between her and BB-8 was really good. Really cute. BB-8 had a great chemistry with all three of them. I loved it when BB-8 when when like we get to see Poe again and he rushes over to BB-8 like they're best friends. Oh, awesome. I like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> yeah, it was so cute. Oh god. So much chemistry in this movie between like and 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 again, it, what a testament to practical effects and practical aliens like just everybody looking at each other and having actual eye lines with one another (laughs) interacting with each other. It was really, really cool.
1: Yeah. And you know, after, after we saw the film, we, we went out to eat and on TV it was like on mute, but they were showing, there was like a show that was showing clips from all the great lightsaber duels, you know, all throughout the saga. And I'm just looking at these clips from like, you know, turn of the Jedi Empire Strikes Back. And it's just like, oh man, Star Wars its in the air. But then they were starting to show clips from the prequels and just like the rehearsals for the, all the lightsaber fighting and everything. And made me think of several things. One is that the lightsaber choreography in this movie is amazing because you have a person who is trained, but not like Darth Maul trained. And then you have people who are not trained at all. And yet they're like, it looks realistic. Like they're just swinging a sword around, just defending themselves. And the the fighting like that that choreography alone is telling you so much about the character. But that fight in The Force Awakens has more emotion in that fight than those three films put together.
5: Yeah, it was heavy. It was really heavy. Um, actually, you know what's funny is I think you guys were watching that special after you saw the movie, and then Matt and I were watching it before we saw the movie it was <laughs> at the restaurant. <laughs> that that we were eating at <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and it's funny because we were talking about that too, over dinner was the the prequel lightsaber fighting was like choreography. It was dancing. It was it was it was super like not raw. It, I mean, there were moments of of that kind of intense emotion, um but it was so choreographed. And this movie, it was like, yeah, you felt the weight of the swings. like it was heavy desperate swinging that shit around for the sake of your life kind of stuff, which is really cool to see.
1: And let me ask you guys, cause I have a theory, but like, what was your guys's interpretation of Kylo Ren hitting himself during the fight? Oh, oh my God. I, I love that. that. Was, I love that. No. Yeah. I think he oh, was just trying to like I,
5: my, uh, pump his self, like get rid of the pain I, or something. I feel
1: like I've, I don't, I, don't I don't know. know what I, it's think called. He, I think he was trying to enhance the pain because yeah. like, the pain will be strong. You know, like I feel oh, like he got yeah. and was like, Remembering what it, where it came from. These people shot me, hit that, bleed a little bit, and just be like, "Yes, the pain," and just like fuel him to go forward. And I'm yeah, just like, "That's that's, that's where I'm at." Badass.
3: I love that. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that technique before somewhere. I don't know where. I can't remember where I've seen it, but I'm. Well, certain
5: Matt I've does seen it. it. Matt does it a lot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean,
1: we do to ourselves every time we have to watch the prequels. <laughs> 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 uh,
5: uh. <laughs>
3: um, so I, I really wish – I love Finn, and I love that eventually we did get a little bit more background on him. But I feel like there's so much we still didn't get, and I'm not sure that we're going to, except for, like, in, say, novels or comics or something, um, mm-hmm. to, to really explain. Like, Because when, when it starts, when he's deployed there, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, this stormtrooper – is sticking out like a sore thumb. Is he even supposed mm-hmm. to be there? And uh, because he's so he's so out of his depth, but even like Phasma, when she's like looking at the porch, like, well, he's never had any counts of insubordination before. Like, you know, like they they've, the sanitation worker who's, uh, who's somehow like gotten like his, drawn his lucky card, like, hey man, you get to be a like legit stormtrooper now. And he's like, fuck yeah, all right. And then he gets there, he's like, oh no. And I believe that, but I feel like there was like, there needed to be a couple more, like even just a moment of like, so it's your first deployment, huh? It's like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty nervous. Like, hey, man, it's, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, just kill them all, right? <laughs>
4: well, well, I uh, hopefully I'll be able to provide some insight. Tomorrow my uh, copy of Before the Awakening arrives. And we'll have uh, personal histories of the three main characters.
3: Oh, cool.
1: My, my only real complaint, again, is that if this movie was 10 to 15 minutes longer, we would get more background on everybody buddy like I, I they did a really good job and really good fan service for like saying okay there's enough hints as to what happened to Han and Leia there's enough hints to what happened to Luke half of this movie's about that but with all of our new characters I really don't know anything about Rey she was left on Jakku and she's waiting but they're never coming back but we can speculate you know all we want about what her backstory is Finn similar situation I mean I know the basics but I, I really know nothing about what made him who he is and Poe Dameron, I, we like know even less. Like Poe Dameron, just ah, I'm I'm the best pilot, and like that's it. But I mean, it still worked in terms of the story. Like everything's still because the characters are so strong, you didn't really need to know their backstory as much. But because you knew where they were and you knew what their goals were, but uh I just really wanted to know more. But I mean, I'm assuming that's where this uh episode eight is going to come in.
3: I, I I guess in that to that effect, I just wanted some uh some moments to know them before their journey begins because I have no no doubt that we're going to get much, much more in the way of of who they are on the grander scale of things. But for example, Rey, we got some really nice, solemn moments of her on Jakku, which were cool, and yet Mm -hmm. we didn't get any kind of, I mean, there shouldn't have been, uh, let's say, for the sake of the surprises of the film, because obviously Disney was issuing C&Ds to just an action figure of her with a lightsaber being posted around the internet, um, because that was such a big deal to them for some reason. Um, But when she is is. Confronted by Kylo Ren with Force powers, she picks it up ludicrously fast. I mean, she might be the chosen one, right? Like, no, we've never seen anyone do that before. And it's there's That's no true. there's no implication before uh before that that she's ever even toyed with the idea that she might have some kind of an edge. She's bartering, and she's not using any kind of manipulation to barter better. And we I do- have a theory. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I. Like the, the kind of connection, the, the reference I made was like a Manchurian Candidate kind of thing. Of I, I feel like uh,
3: yes, I do believe that I, I, I know where you're going. With, so let me preface this by saying I believe she is Luke's daughter, and I believe he told her to forget and with the force power, and so she has.
5: Like I, I there is two, there were too many moments of of right. car- like mainly Han and Leia reacting to Rey by looking at her or. Yeah, like referencing her, uh, like when Han asks her, her her name, and like the way he kind of reacts when she says it, and he looks away, and like the way he's reacting to her knowing how to pilot, it just felt very like these people know who this girl is. But they and and, is.
4: and this doesn't this doesn't go against the, the family relationship thing because I I do think she's Luke's daughter, but like I I think this might just be a case of. The new story direction just being a little looser with, like, the physics or, or things, you know, the way the the, un, the universe works. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in A New Hope, you have Han telling Luke, traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin crops, boy. That you could go through a star if you just plot a, a hyperspace jump. Like, it doesn't matter. This movie, not only does he, like, jump in the middle of, of, of another ship. Like, he doesn't give a shit. He also, like, hyperspaces to, like, right next to it. You know what I mean? Like right up to the planet. Like that's totally against everything that went into like astro navigation to this point. I think it's just JJ and Kazden playing loose with like, oh yeah, she's got force power. She can grab a a lightsaber and she knows how to fight. I don't think they thought too hard on like what her skill level is because I don't think it's a a, a told her to forget thing because she was abandoned as a child. They showed like a little girl being abandoned on the planet. So I don't think she knew how to fight back then. Well, she true, right. she only
1: remembered that after she touched the lightsaber, though.
4: But 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 also, hold on, she was kicking ass with a staff on Jakku. She knows how to fight. Like she taught herself. But how that to was but like,
1: well, that was that well, that was instinctual. For one, you you have to live on that planet. You got to survive, and that was probably instinctual. The same way she didn't know that she could fly, but yet she was a badass. She was a badass pilot flying that thing for the first time. So just, it's like you can't you can forget you got the force, but you still got the force.
4: Well, I mean, mean, yeah, I I just I I just don't think that she would have been that latent to say that she's a mature Manchurian candidate type personality, but she was abandoned as a little girl. Like, I just I I
1: think Anakin Anakin flew the pod pod racer, you know, like he did that without, you know, without any training whatsoever. I didn't think he had any force sensitivity.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even Qui-Gon says, you know. You must have Jedi reflexes to be able to do that. But, you know? but then, but
4: there you go. You have Jedi reflexes. So basically, if you have Jedi sensitivity, you're just good at doing that stuff. I don't think there's much to the fact that like, she's more than just a child that was good with the Force that was abandoned on the planet. Like, I mean, I think she's related to Luke, but I don't think it means that she's been through stuff, that she's... I-
5: I no, like, yeah, he, I, I don't well, necessarily think that either, sure. but I think the, the force can manifest in different ways. You know, she's obviously a brilliant mechanic, you know, and I, I think like, yes, she spent a long time around that stuff. But I, I think we shouldn't discount the concept of the force as an escalation of your skill set or like something that compounds a natural affinity. Like Luke was an amazing pilot. You know, mm-hmm. that was something that was obviously enhanced by the Force. Like he wasn't gonna. Uh, you could argue that he wouldn't be able to do the stuff he did unless he had it yeah. as well as he did. Same with Anakin, right? And I mean, you could argue that about Poe too. Like the whole fucking comic about the Force Tree shit. Like yeah. he was doing amazing piloting work. You know, I mean, the Force is. It's you're you're probably right, Matt. They're just. They're doing new things with the four. I think they're just they're trying new stuff with how to communicate
4: and, it. And if I had to like plot like an ending course for the three characters, like I personally would have all three of them be force sensitive and end up being Luke's next generation of
5: Jedi. I think that'd be awesome. You can see like that. like oh, I, oh, I, 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 I would
4: I wouldn't mind if Poe was also force sensitive.
5: I, I I would
3: I would like that too. Um, actually, to to only briefly back up my I feel it that like uh if if Ray was told anything he would be like uh forget forget Luke Skywalker forget the force like you know and then like okay I'm doing that and then like goodbye uh go hang out with Lor Senteca, who is I I don't know like that guy has a a bigger role like Max von Sydow's character Lor Senteca. um he it seems very clear that he was the the person that was grabbing onto Young Ray's hand and having a, someone like that stationed on Jakku who has the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker. I don't know why he has them then. I don't know he's why he's like giving, giving them right? up then. But yeah, like it seems like like they didn't cast Max von Sydow in that role role for that weird throwaway moment. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. They ha- they have to be doing more with him either like in more flashbacks for the s- the next film or in some maybe some pre some not yet announced. Uh, uh, film that is actually going to act as a additional content for force awakens i don't know uh, I,
1: actually, he, I, I thought he maybe he could show up as a force ghost in the next film like if, if luke is training ray he's like oh surprise surprise lore was lore was a <laughs> a jedi in hiding he was like one of the last ones then here where we're, we get to see him again
5: so see, there's some I, information I actually, about him in the visual dictionary though just so you guys know
3: yeah have you seen it
5: yeah, there's a, he he's a member of what they call the Church of the Force, uh, which was something that existed in the Galactic Civil War era. Um, that were like kind of we're not Jedi, but we are attuned and we believe in it, and See, you know, we that, want this to be real. That again. that,
4: that kind of like I was wondering during the movie because I didn't actually think that the connection was, was Ray. I actually, because the way Poe was talking about Prince, you know, General Leia. And Laura Sontag is like, yeah, she, you know, royalty, you know. So he has some history with her.
3: True. And and so do, now, I, is I, he, is I'm, he I'm in the Leia to,
4: comic? <laughs> I don't think so, but I mean, I'd have to check. But I would Was guess. Was like bishop of Alderan or something? Well, what what if he? What if a young version of him is in Rogue One? What if he's just mm. like, you know, like that's the the you know, like he's just been a, a you know, like someone who has provided. You know, assistance to the rebellion or Sorry. you know the the resistance now
3: throughout the, the, of the
4: a supporter, a sympathizer.
3: Yeah, yeah, they've clearly got bigger but plans I'll, for him.
1: On the note of J.J. J. Abramsifying the Star Wars universe, the only time I really got those inklings was uh, just Giant Hurt Ball Three blowing what? up. F- Four planets, and uh, like, because I was the only person that was just gonna like shoot a star, and then boom, that star system's done. But they literally meant wipe out an entire star system. <laughs> like, we're gonna right. shoot four lasers, hit all these. Like, it's like the Death Star. They literally had that scene where it's like a hologram. This is the Death Star. This is the Starkiller base, so you better you know buckle the fuck
5: up.
4: And it's like, I want, oh, I want, to, defend, I want
5: to defend that scene for a second. No, no, that, that hold scene on, was,
4: that scene was terrible,
5: man. I want to defend the concept, not the delivery. Okay, the way I am defending it is: most of the pilots in that squadron were not alive for the Battle of Yavin, and we're probably not alive for the Battle of Endor. Like. They are. It's like us referencing Normandy Beach or a, a a war that has taken place before we're alive in it. Hey, point of reference. This is the most famous battle ever fought. That's what we were up against. Here's but, what but, we're up against now. Yeah, and well, as a mission, I get it. Sucked, but like as as a mission
1: briefing, I get that in universe, I get that. But as part of like just film creativity yeah, like right. to just, totally. you know, yeah. just to have to show you that it's like why I mean it could have been anything like it could have just been like look uh, we're going up against the superstar something the size of a superstar destroyer that's already in a planet where they're I don't even know man but it's just like it just didn't have to be a giant base that you have to fly into once yeah. again yeah. it was it was in well, Return of the Jedi where you have to take down the shield generator we have to a small team on the surface of the planet takes down the shield generator then we can fly in and then we bomb it then we fly away and then and, it and, collapses like like Vulcan in the first Star Trek movie and, and blows yeah. up.
4: Yeah, and, and getting rid of that shield generator came with a lot less drama than the Return of the Jedi version. Like, that was pretty easy, pretty quick. I, I'm going to nominate Captain Phasma as the least valuable player of this movie. Absolutely. Uh, I think you're overlooking um,
1: uh, a certain constable uh, who was promised to have an amazing appearance to me. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. He yeah,
4: wasn't even in the yeah. background. Look, well, look, look we, we, can, we can talk about that during our special episode of Zuvio Watch. <laughs> but, but but right now yeah we
1: uh, we need one because
4: he wasn't there I gotta can't find him by the way so so going back to Giant Herpall three real quick so it wasn't re- like based on that visual dictionary that was released today as Matt and I recently discovered the New Republic now has a a system in which the capital of the universe of the of the galaxy rotates from member planets the planet that blew up in this movie was the Capitol.
3: Now I thought they were hinting to that, but I thought, well, they would have given, they would have said something. There would have been a line. They they, they took down this, this, it's, it's terrible. Like, but they like, cause they, cause, um, I'm uh, not Snoke. Uh, what? Who's the dude? Uh, Hux. Hux was acting like, yeah, no, they're gonna fucking remember this. It's gonna be real. Like, we're gonna we're gonna fucking kill Coruscant. is basically the way he was talking. And then he shot it. and I was like, whoa, that looked that was crazy. I didn't expect it to go down like that. But did you actually do what you were saying you were gonna do? And then the resistance was never reacting to it. And I was really nope. confused by that. Uh, like, because 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 as you just said, it was as bad as he as he was setting it up to be. And now yep. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. So that was a tremendous loss. And like, and the response from the resistance was. Man, like I guess, fevered and uh, last minute at best because they didn't have much to go on. But like that should have there should have been more. And why it would yeah. been so easy?
4: It, it's it, it it isn't just that it, like they were fevered because it was last minute. I felt like they were only panicked because they were like, oh, we're going to get targeted next. Let alone the fact that the galactic government that supported them just had their capital destroyed. Like there's there's some macro things going on in this movie that don't make sense. And I know that like. Like, I don't care about the Knights of Ren. Like, I mean, all that stuff is cool, and I know I'll get explanations later, but that sort of thing, I'm not expecting explanations about. And it was just really weird. Everything involving the giant hurt ball and its, like, consequences on the universe made little sense and confused the hell out of me and kind of actually...
1: Because the thing we still don't know is how big is the First Order. Like, in the first Star Wars, you get a big sense of how big the empire is when you have like these boardroom meetings are like, ah, the Senate is gone. We now own everything. And yep. the, the, you know, empire is stronger than ever. And now fear will keep them in line. And like, they, they lay out the plans of like how great they are. Rest first order is more of like, you know what? We, we're sick of this shit and we're going to blow it up. And it's like, well, wait, is, are you guys literally just star killer base? Or do you have like fleets out there? Cause we only see one. I, large didn't, ship.
5: I didn't get the impression that the star killer base was there. Like, this is what we have to do our job. Like, for some reason, like, the way Snoke kind of talked, he didn't really give a shit about Starkiller Base, it seemed like. Like, Hux was like, we can destroy them if we shoot it. And he's like, all right, go shoot it. Like, it didn't ever feel like Tarkin when he's like, this is, this is it. You know, this is our grand moment of triumph. This is, our, this is what we've been building all these years. It didn't well, feel like Starkiller but- Base was that.
4: But it's so strange. Like Finn's been trained since he was a child and taken from his family, and certainly taken early enough that he never had any other name but a designation. So how right. long has
5: the First Order been around? I think they've been around for a while. I, I, like I mean, at least at least like twenty something years. And I, I think again, this is where some backstory. Yeah, I mean, but this is like I mean, I think we were supposed to understand that they were spun off of the Empire. You know, like even the opening crawl says something about that, I think, uh, of like the – Which, by the know. way,
4: there were some run-on sentences going on in that opening <laughs> crawl. <laughs>
5: um, but I mean like it, it's it's not a coincidence that there are stormtroopers in white armor and like Matt, like you said, like the, the cheese block Star Destroyers. And like it, I think it's safe to assume that the First Order was not just like, well, Palpatine's dead some random Snoke is just like, we're going to start a new thing. It feels spun off. It doesn't.
4: It feels spun off, but, but I mean, Obi-Wan gave a great one line explanation. The Republic, you know, the, the Jedi, you know, guarded the Republic for a thousand generations, you know, peace and justice. Like that's all it takes to tell me about the situation, in the universe, what the empire was capable of and, and also where their power stood. This movie does none of that. It has, yeah,
3: it never really has a line that, Ever sums anything up ever, which is very difficult because I feel like all all I needed were I, I say you know I say well I want an extra ten to fifteen minutes. All they really needed was an extra like few seconds for each character yeah. to give me more to give me more. Yeah, gravity. The, the,
1: the re- as as compared to the original trilogy, the resistance in this didn't really feel ill-equipped to handle first order. They really kind of seemed on par with each other, except for Star or Killer Base, I,
5: and I it's like feel like they were a little bit because like. Uh, it, it seemed like they only had, like, 12 X-Wings, and that yeah, was Yeah, but,
4: but those 12 X-Wings could kill, like, 30 tire fighters piece. And also, if those 12 X-Wings can destroy an entire planet base, I think they're doing all right.
5: But they didn't. But not they were exactly. failing. Like, they were failing at first. They weren't. But, no, but, but
1: they didn't fail. They, they succeeded. But, like, but how come it's like, oh, the, the First Order is like, this goddamn Galactic Senate and supporting the dirty resistance. It's like, so wait a minute. The Galactic Senate is still in effect. The Resistance is just sort of the frontline defense against specifically the First Order. Yeah, so no, it's they're, like, they're, how, they're, how big is like, this
4: they're, they're basically the Mujahideen of, of this, like – you know what I mean? Like they're battling back the communists in Afghanistan or something. Like it's, it it, it doesn't have like the galactic scale that you know. The, it definitely
5: the, doesn't. This is not a galactic civil war 2.0. But but I but then but impression. then
4: but then but then what are the effects of Starkiller Base firing? Because if that happens, and yet for some reason now the now the Republic's been attacked out in like in front, but yet the the resistance is still convinced it, it only has 12 ships to throw out this base. Where's the rest of the Galactic Republic's fleet
1: to well, come I mean, join? Because now Star they're at Warren
4: In. Yeah, it's yeah well, like that,
1: that's like a declaration. That's like Pearl Harbor times four planets. Yeah, you know, well, I it's, think
5: that's gonna happen in the next one. Right? Right? Like I yeah. mean, yeah, that was the opening
3: shot of the next Star
4: War.
5: <laughs> yeah, the next Star War is but that, that's have the, even more wars.
4: But that's fine, but I don't think audiences that are less tuned in than the four of us are aware of that sort of like what that meant and also the whole and, and we don't have to get into this but the whole being able to see the laser from takodana makes no sense
3: no it really doesn't it's like that
1: i really uh, struggle to understand like wait a minute so they're within they're within close enough range where they can see it happen but they're not being targeted
5: yet like they weren't targeted first but yet neil, neil degrasse tyson th- is going to tear that shit up yeah, but, like,
1: but also like the idea that that uh, uh, Starkiller base doesn't move. It's just a steady planet in its own star system. And it just sort of turns its cannon to face wherever it needs to go. But like if you need to shoot a planet on the other side of the galaxy, the, you know, you may never get that a clear shot. You know, it's like it's going to be constantly moving. Like, how do you I don't understand how any of it worked, but, you know, whatever Star Wars. That's all besides the point. But just once again, First Order building Starkiller base and making a big speech like well now they'll take us seriously as if they weren't a threat before and like this was their last ditch effort to be taken seriously they destroy four planets but now Starkiller base is destroyed so it's like just in that one moment where they were finally big time
0: head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long
4: players on the galactic stage now they've been shut down and go back to square I, one I hope it doesn't turn out that Rogue One like the entire plot to get the Death Star plans is just to find the stormtrooper willing to defect and then just tell R2 where they should blow up the Death Star <laughs> because, <laughs> because this movie was awfully like not only was it easy but they managed to almost figure it out on their own he's like this thing's an oscillator they're like yeah that's right if you hit it it should start changing it's like wait, wait, <laughs> wait this was this is that scene was just, like, an abomination. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I, I
3: I don't disagree. Like, it is a shame that everything re- revolving around Starkiller base is extremely flimsy. And yeah, it's
5: the weakest. It's the actually, weakest
1: because, like, for sure. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta remember, like, it's like, it is the weakest, but it's still serviceable for a Star Wars movie. Because you gotta remember, dude, like running through Han Solo's cargo ship with these goddamn aliens, like rolling around and like and people getting blown away and then like warping, you know, from, from this thing to this thing. It's like, we move so fast through this movie and we see so much in such a short span of time. By the time it's ready to like lay down the rules of like how to start killer base work. You got maybe two minutes out of this movie <laughs> and it's like,
4: oh, shit we gotta make
1: this work. And for that, I can actually commend them for
4: what they've oh, yeah, done. Oh, yeah, no, I, the- I, I love the first half of this movie. I just, some like, weird things that just kind of took me out of the last third of the film. Just, well,
1: it's yes. like when it came time to do the exposition and all that stuff, when it came time for them to attack, I knew what the plan was and I wasn't really lost. It's only really the fridge logic afterwards. I was like, oh, wait a minute. How did they know this if they didn't know that? You know, like that sort of thing. But, you know, fridge logic you're going to run into with pretty much any movie. But
3: yeah, uh, totally. all, all
5: things it was a decent job.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of want to confront the Lugabeast in the room, though, and go back to... Uh, Z- <laughs> I love you, Cap. I love
5: you. <laughs>
3: thank you. Uh, thank you for your affection. I, I, I return it in kind. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, like, Constable Zuvio. Now, like, th- this guy, th- like, they cut his scenes, clearly. Because yeah. of, like, Because they, like, we got we got two action figures, a Star Wars Black Series action figure, a spread but... in Empire Magazine, and I couldn't, I could, I did not see him. I told you guys to look out for him. Did you see him at all? No, no,
4: I don't think he was
1: in this film. I think you guys have been had by the marketing department.
3: I
5: mean, I, think, I, don't, wait, I don't know. Someone needs to confront Kathleen Kennedy or J.J. Abrams about this. I,
4: I uh, well, you might be able to do that.
5: You know what? If you
1: bump into J.J. Abrams and you're like, "Hey, dude, what what's the deal with Constable Zuvio?" He's gonna look you dead in the eye and say, "Who?" <laughs> like he's gonna have no <laughs>
6: idea.
1: The place of Star Wars that was that was one person who was a toy maker who made the toy, and they like, "Oh, this is." This is a cool character. Let's throw him around. And I don't know, man. Lots of lots of things where it's just like, oh, expect this. But then you get that. So it's like expect Constable Zuvio didn't happen. And I even told Cap, hey, hey, uh, hey, fans of armor and cool looking shit. You want the next Boba Fett? Well, you got it because she's useless. And like we throw her down a garbage chute as soon as, as, soon as we're done with her. Which I don't know. How the hell is she going to get off a of Starkiller base in time if she's thrown down a garbage, uh, garbage chute? Dude, the garbage chutes
5: on Starkiller base are spaceships. So perfect. <laughs> and they in the adjustment space. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I, I'm
4: I'm I'm so disappointed in the Phasma thing. But if I can actually go to a more positive thing, if as bad as Phasma ended up, General Hux was the freaking MVP of this movie.
3: What, what about uh, what about that one stormtrooper? That like the the king stormtrooper of all stormtroopers, who was oh, like yeah. you. You're a piece of shit traitor, and I'm king stormtrooper, and I'm gonna fuck you dead. <laughs> yeah,
6: that guy was MVP. Like, I don't
3: know what you're talking about. That guy, <laughs> that
1: guy believe.
5: I've, Dude, when that when Finn runs the lightsaber through that first stormtrooper, holy shit. <laughs> I was just like,
1: what the fuck? Dude, when, that's, when that stormtrooper drops his weapon and whips out that thing that no other stormtrooper is carrying, because he's like, all you motherfuckers made fun of me, but I knew one day we'd run into a laser sword. and I <laughs> I'm going to fuck him up. It's
5: just like, a,
1: like, I just wanted that fight to go on for forever. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's like, y'all thought it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, all the Jedi are dead. No one needs to worry about Stormtrooper Phil with his stupid riot sword. But oh, here we go. It's my <laughs> time to shine.
3: <laughs> and shine he did. There's, ne- there's never been a cooler <laughs> you, Stormtrooper in existence.
5: He actually had that fight. He was about to
1: deliver the death blow,
3: then Chewie <laughs> shot him. Yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, I do want to call out, this is notable to me, in, in addition to Phasma, there was uh, a moment when Kylo or Hux was speaking to a stormtrooper, and it was uh, a female voice.
3: Yeah. Um,
5: yes. And I thought that was awesome. That's like the – other than like, you know, hey, special stormtrooper that's a woman, we had like baseline stormtrooper with a, that's, that was a woman, and I thought that was really neat. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I want more of that.
3: Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it- I like the balance between alien- like the aliens and humans within the resistance. That was that mm-hmm. was great.
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, also, isn't it weird how the stormtroopers in this movie were more human than the Jedi's in any
6: of the prequels? <laughs>
5: <laughs> also, I want to call out that we have another. Uh, we finally have like a cool fat Star Wars character that we can <laughs> cosplay as. <I> reckon- <laughs> I'm going to be Snap Wexley for Halloween. It's going to be great. Yo,
3: okay, so that actor. I recognize the fuck out of him. Who is he?
5: Greg Grunberg. He's like in Heroes and... Yes, uh, yes.
3: He played Matt in Heroes. Yeah, yeah. And he was in... Perfect, um, see? He was in L.A. Confidential, right? Or not L.A. Not, he was not L.A. Confidential. Jesus Christ. Um, LA, L.A. Noir.
5: Yes. Yes, he was in L.A. Noir. Yeah.
3: Man, okay. That's great. Because I was like, why? You're bugging me. I know who you are. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs>
6: Um
3: but I did I did however th- I did think that the um the banter between pilots was as actually the the one point in the film that felt uh, disassociated from one another, like the the um, the drama in the cockpits in a new hope and um, and jedi yeah. were so, was yeah. so much stronger with these guys, I didn't feel like they they were actually talking to each other.
4: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 I, I think that was a victim of the pacing of this movie being too fast. I think a new hope is actually much slower than people realize. And it it works for the for their cockpit chatter.
1: Well, Um, you know, also at the end of New Hope, just that 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 trench run is the central point of the ending. Like that's that's where all story points converge on that. Whereas clearly uh, the real drama of the end of this was, you know, on the base with Han and Ray and Finn and Chewie. Like that's Mm -hmm. where the actual dramatic tension really happens.
3: Now, um, one thing I, I think we should uh, point out to our own credit is that we got uh shockingly a lot of this movie right, and we've had it right for a long time, based on all of our collective grabbing of the different leaks and so on, and picking, cherry picking what we thought was going to make the most sense. Uh, we nailed a lot of points. Um, as as Mike Rothman said to me after he he saw his early screening, he was like, "Hey guys, just want to let you know, it's true, all of it," <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and that's that's I'm a little I'm like, wow, okay. like we we really did actually crack the, the nut that was the force awakens, but there were some things that were a bit interesting for starters, I'm super glad it didn't start with a lightsaber falling through space and that it came from Maz. That's great. oh I'm so goddamn
1: glad that didn't happen. I was yeah. like, I was what I was with, with bated breath and then when it's like this 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 starter story float when I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then the movie just begins, and then the lightsaber's in a box somewhere. I'm like, See how simple that is? Makes way more sense.
3: But a weirder thing was that um, we've heard about the the sort of arms war between two super weapons, a um, resistance super yeah. weapon and a first order super weapon. Uh, the resistance one, I believe, is called the Catapult, and the uh, first order was a Sledgehammer, which is Starkiller Base. Now, we heard references to the Catapult up until like even the shooting script that we, we saw on MillenniumFalcon.com, I believe. And so that's highly suspect that it was a device actually removed from the film at some point. Because yeah. I, I like it was referenced far too many times to have not been real based on everything else. So there's a missing piece of this film. You know
5: what's interesting about what's interesting about that like is, the it it is in the script. as well as it was like meant to be slamming through Star Destroyers. So the implication there is that the the first order would have had much more of a naval presence that didn't exist in this movie. Oh, that might be episode eight material. Yeah, because like the whole thing about the cat was well, about the sledgehammer was like, it it was something that would fly through star destroyers, like cripple them. And and oh, and did, did I reverse the names? No, I wait. I don't know if I did or not. One of them is one. I I think sledgehammer was. I think sledgehammer might have been the the resistance one. Um, but I remember reading it was like. It was the thing in the front line of the assault on Starkiller Base that tore through, like, basically the blockade of Star Destroyers. And as you saw in the movie, there's no blockade of Star Destroyers at all. No. You know? So um, I'm curious if that, yeah, that might have been moved or you know, just completely uh, removed.
1: Uh, The specialty at State of the Empire is uh, speculation, and I'm going to make a speculation little prediction right now, since this first movie was written uh, in part by Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan, as you all know, also wrote Rears of the Lost Ark, and as some of you probably do know, Rears of the Lost Ark in script form originally had a much longer and more complex ending, and uh, a lot of it got thrown out, only to be reused later in Temple of Doom, specifically like the minecart chase sequence. So. I'm definitely seeing a pattern of like, you know what, this is great, but the ending's a little too complicated. We need to really just focus on the characters and what's what's going on. We can't keep cutting back into outer space with all the crazy shit's happening. So I can easily see them saying, you know what, this is good, but let's bump this up to something like episode eight because we can – we we need to figure out an ending for that as well. And something that's really compelling that's something that doesn't involve giant hurtball three uh, that, you know, that's starting to make a lot more sense to me now. We're like, OK, we destroyed Starkiller base, but now we have to face the the first order full on. You know, now that the super weapons are out of the way now, it's like space combat. It's true Star Wars like never before. And what better way to break through a blockade or break through the first orders like fleet than uh, to have a, a sledgehammer?
3: And and also, um, Michael Arndt revealed as having a writing credit on this film as soon as the credits not, popped up.
4: Not just a writing credit, an associate producer credit.
3: True. So, if you're not familiar, Michael Arndt was the, uh, the guy who was originally announced as writing the script for this movie, and they said, actually, it's going to be Kazdan and uh, Abrams. And we did speculate a while back. Well, first first we mourned the loss of Michael Arndt, because he's a great screenwriter and wrote Toy Story 3, and we were hoping for the Toy Story 3 of Star Wars movies. Um, but um, the, uh, but this, this, then we suggested, well, maybe... The thing was is that Arndt was actually commissioned to write the script originally from George Lucas himself. So maybe Arndt started writing a script that had to do with original characters. And they said, well, actually, we want to tether back to the original trilogy more. So we want to have actually a torch passing film with the original characters involved. So in this, so what if they pushed Arndt's script to episode eight and then um, just kind of created a new sort of almost prequel to what he was working on?
4: And I think that's exactly
3: what happened.
1: Yeah, it really did feel like a prequel to bigger adventures later on.
4: And and a couple a couple months ago, Pablo Hidalgo had said that the, the Lucasfilm story group when like deciding what stories to tell in the new like post-endor universe, what they were drawing from were three things. One was George Lucas's notes, another was Ryan Johnson's treatment of episode eight, which I thought was interesting because they didn't talk about episode seven, they talked about episode eight. And then they said also Michael Arndt's treatment for episode seven. So I think a lot of that macro republic resistance first order, what they're capable of, what they have control of, I think that was in that script. And then JJ and Kazden brought it back to how do we get these characters involved, you know yeah. in, in like a family struggle? And so that's why a lot of those things seem like they're missing. I think they're in the aren't script.
6: Hmm.
1: And speaking of family struggle, I just want to know, what. how did you guys feel about uh, Han revealing Kylo Ren's
3: real
4: name as Ben? I don't like that Ben rhymes with Ren.
3: I, I didn't actually make that <laughs> connection until now, but it, it, it broke my heart a little. I was like, man, I hated you before, but you were such a fucking traitor to these good people. Because, I mean, yeah. it sucks that, like, everybody, everybody in Star Wars comes from a broken home, even if you break it themselves, you know, like like that this guy he's a real son of a bitch because i'm sure that i'm sure it was hard having um like leia and han as parents i'm sure like leia was is too much of a career woman and han is too much of a reckless scoundrel but at the same time like having like those people and then somebody like luke who always seemed like very genuine and giving and willing to teach who who does that and then and then destroying his legacy, breaking his parents' heart. I hate this guy because we never got to see these characters that we love doing having success really. Like they they won, yeah. but we never got to see that. And we come back to them and they're all they're all miserable and like Luke is so depressed that he threw that he threw away everything he had and went far far away. I mean, that's that's terrible and I and on the one hand like I understand why they did it. It makes it. It makes an interesting story. But on the other hand, fuck them for writing the all of these characters into such a dark and angry hole.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be. They wouldn't have an interesting thing to overcome. You know, it wouldn't be. It's but like, all oh, of
3: them turned out great. All of them. I hope. I hope Lando's doing great. I hope Lando's fucking <laughs> king of the world.
5: <laughs> Him and Lobot are like fucking casino, <laughs> like they have a casino on some crazy planet, they're well, doing awesome.
3: I, I would suspect if they were doing really well they would have been head of that government, so hopefully they're alive.
5: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I,
3: land
5: plan does not rule the government type. You, yeah, you ran they, Cloud they, City, fucker. <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah, rest my case.
6: <laughs>
1: uh, all that
5: tur- <laughs> I will say, I do think it was interesting that they made the note that uh, you know the rumors were that Luke wanted to find the first Jedi temple. Yeah, that's awesome. Um like, I, I like yeah. I, I need to know more about that. I, that is the most I, interesting I, part of the movie. And I, I think like yes, he threw he, he, he put his life on hold and went into exile, but I think that's a very interesting place for him to go. It's not like Yoda, right? Where it was like I've I've failed as epic as possible and I'm gonna go to a fucking swamp planet and then mem- like and meditate for the rest of my life until something happens. But it, it, to me, that sounds more like I'm going to go and really reflect and try and learn and understand, and maybe, you know, maybe there's a world where Luke would have eventually come back, you know, once he, he learned the things he felt he needed to, but part of me believes that that's going to happen as a result of ray finding. Well, him, or right? this
3: was actually somewhat orchestrated by Luke, though he didn't know when it was going to happen, because we have lorsen Tekka, who's clearly had some kind of a connection with him, giving the rest of a, of a map, which the first order said they got from imperial archives and r2 comes out like deus ex machina like yo wait hold on a second you got a map i got a map yo what's up let's do this thing <laughs> like i don't i didn't understand that part at all like where did no. r2 get that shit it's like it didn't make any sense
5: i think luke put it there
3: exactly so like that that's the only the only probable yeah. thing was that this is kind of like a sequence of events of like if this happens, then this, then this automated thing will go into place, and then dots connecting. And the only thing that kind of went weird, and of course this is just really the pacing of the film and just the weirdness in general of, of it, is that R2 didn't like respond to BB-8 the first time with, oh shit, let's, let's put our maps together. It was like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> the, big, the big hurt whoa. ball's dead? Let's, let's do this. No,
5: I don't think it's the big hurt ball's dead. It's that Ray is present.
3: Oh, uh, that's a good point.
5: Well, I, did, I, I actually I, got a
3: completely different interpretation. I,
1: I, the way I interpreted it was that R2 was in low power mode, putting the star maps together. Like it took like he had to like somehow he was putting all of the pieces together. And the only oh, missing was uh, was BB-8. So R2 wakes up because he has he's he's finished running his his computation and he's like, all right, here's my results from you know from being on low power mode for 30 years, solving the greatest puzzle in the universe that no one can figure out. And this is what I got, but I got a missing piece. And then BB-8's like, yo, I got that missing piece. And then suddenly it, make, it all makes sense.
5: And that's another thing, too, is like I, I don't think it has been 30 years. I, I Kylo is 20-something, right? I, I feel like when he betrayed Luke, he was probably not <laughs> – I don't know. I get the impression that Luke couldn't have been in exile for more than like 10, 15 years, right? That's the impression I get. Oh, You have a
1: very yeah, good I mean, point. Kylo Ren couldn't have been more than like 15, 16.
5: You when know? he did that stuff. So I, I feel like, it, obviously, Luke hasn't been gone for 30 years. I, years is you know, something more like it. Yeah, I feel like 10 or 15 to me is the, is the spot where I feel it is a comfortable amount of time that I think the stuff that went down... You know, and, and Kylo is still very fresh in his he's by no means a master, right? Like he uh even though Snoke refers to him as the master of the Knights of Ren, um Whatever I don't that know is. how much that's I don't know how much that's actually saying. Yeah, like I you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um but yeah, and the the low I, I the low power mode thing, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, in the visual, uh, there was a children's book that you know I I saw, and it was like R two hasn't spoken to anybody and was waiting for I forgot the exact words, but it, it, there was like a key line there, waiting for Luke or waiting for the right time. I I thought I it know. was like
3: waiting for his master to return or something.
5: Yeah, you... something like that. Um, yeah, but I, I'm not um, again, sure. I'm
1: sure we're gonna get more details in the next one because yeah, we got a yeah. flashback of Luke. You know touching r2 you know and like and um, was he burning bodies you know like that sort of like all this other stuff so i'm i'm sure we're gonna get more of it yeah uh
3: so uh episode eight predictions um man <laughs> we're uh, already rolling in it's 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 time for that I, I guess i what we we got here is we have the, the inciting incident of a of a massive civil war um uh i, I presumably there's more to the first order than star killer base though i really did seem like they should have that that, that should have been, like, their big deal. So Snoke should have been a little more like, whoa, really? Damn. So Uh,
5: I will say, just to take a a quick point on that, uh, in the visual dictionary, it specifies that... I think the line is, like, even though Starkiller Base may be considered, you know, the largest presence of the First Order, it's not the heart. mm -hmm. And that Snoke has a mobile command uh, presence that he's not he's not ever in one spot. Like there's no one place to go find snoke or something like that. So uh that's interesting to me.
3: That is interesting. That is very interesting.
5: Um, also I I made this joke a little earlier, but I'm going to make it here too. I love that the hologram room that they fucking built. It was like snoke was like I need you to build me a room so when I hologram FaceTime you guys I'm, like, as big as a fucking skyscraper. <laughs> like, please, please do not. Let's not have, like, remember that whole, like, FaceTiming with the Emperor and Vader, or who's just a big head? Yeah. Like, that's not enough. I need to be the size of a of an entire cavern to talk to you. <laughs> I, I, like, I did.
1: So who's, who's going to kill Snoke? Is, is, is Kylo Ren going to turn and kill Snoke, sort of like uh, Vader, following the path of Vader? Or is uh, Luke going to do it, or is he going to die in uh, Giant Hurt Ball 4?
3: <laughs> we have
5: to face the reality that Luke Skywalker will die.
4: Yeah.
3: I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if it's really time for that. I think that like he's got so much work that he he needs to do and only he alone can do. That uh, that he's got to survive all three films because unless unless between like eight and nine he's like really genuinely amassed a Jedi army or something like that because he it he's the he's the last thing he's the only person who's had to in the fucking universe unless Ezra and like Kanan even them those poor guys they've never had formal training either because Kanan was the Padawan when everything went down Order 66 so. Like, there's, there's not a lot of people who've had any kind of formal Jedi training left, and even Luke is barely, right? So yeah. if they're really going to restore, you can restore Order of the Force and maybe be like, you know what, this whole Jedi thing, it's a little too rigid, it's a little too weird, let's not do that. But, like, anybody with formal training, as far as we know, those people don't exist. It's just Luke, and if he's going to do what he needs to do for his life to have really, like, mattered, like, in so far as, like, carrying on the legacy of his master, he has to stick around. And he's all together. I could
1: definitely definitely see him
3: like maybe like
1: having him confront Snoke at the very end. And Snoke is just like, I don't know, for whatever reason, too powerful. And then the one who has to step it up and like do Force Unleashed style badassery that even Luke is like amazed by. And then when the movie ends, it's like, okay, well, you and me together, we're going to make the new Jedi Order. And you're the one who brought balance to the force. So we can do this.
3: Yeah, which I'd be fucking thrilled by. That sounds great.
4: <laughs> how, 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 Ship how, it. How, what did <laughs> you guys think of the the, the Snoke design? I I know that that was closely guarded secret. I, I, I thought was,
5: he looked really neat. Yeah, I,
3: I was. I thought it was it was really interesting. Um, we we were talking with Laval, um, one of the other Nerdy Show guys, and he he hated Snoke. He was like, the design's terrible. The CG was terrible. That was such a joke. And I was like, wow, I didn't think it was that bad, man. Like I. I, I was, I gotta be honest, I wasn't too thrilled with it. I don't think it's like
1: bad. I was just kind of like, I mean, like, is he a human? Is he an alien? I think, I, he's, I really, I
5: think he's a human. I think he's like a mutated, like warped human. I, I and, was, and much like the Emperor, like I, I,
1: I until I see him in the flesh, I don't really know if I'm getting a good sense of his actual presence and like what he's like, because he's got some kind of uh, inferiority complex if he needs to have... The Dito you know, Starkiller base, and then inside Starkiller base, a giant fucking chain <laughs> cool. that or, makes him big. He's like, oh, he must be tiny compared
3: to me. Or he actually is that size, or he's actually extremely small.
4: Actually, <laughs> you know well, Well, I just wanted to say real quickly, I was much more interested when I thought that was his size until, you know, they revealed the hologram. I was like, yeah. whoa. I was like, that's scale, some Guillermo del Toro is-
3: shit. Like, that's yeah, like, right?
4: he, he, that's but a guy actually, who loves
3: scale, you know? I think I just realized
4: something, Matt. You pointed out that he needed a giant, like, Senate chamber pod. What if that was the eventual plan, to use that as a governmental meeting spot where he was in the middle and all his representatives, you know, like, mm, like, it's basically a throne room. There yeah. were there were it,
3: lots of little chairs there, yeah. I thought that was weird. It looked like an abandoned old thing when it was, I mean, and maybe it was. Who knows what planet they converted in a Starkiller base? That's probably a story in and of itself. But, mm-hmm. uh... Uh, yeah, man, and I, I mean, dudes, by the way, just to sidetrack, I am more certain than ever that Maz Kanata is destined for a major role in the Han Solo solo film, mm-hmm. like de- dead set on it. It's happening. <laughs> Lock where's it my in.
5: Boy, where's my boyfriend? I love that. <laughs>
3: oh, man. And Chewie, man, how about Chewie flirting with that nurse? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs>
3: I love that. That was great. Ooh. It was a good a movie. Good... It was really funny. It was a really funny movie, and I loved how funny it was. Like yes. genuinely. And like...
5: Matt, that was one of your biggest concerns too. Yes, I'm glad it paid off in that in that regard.
4: Yeah. And also, another big concern of mine was that all the danger of the movie would come from the first order, and there wouldn't be enough of like the the scu- you know the hive of scum and villainy that this galaxy has, and and there was a. You know, the the Raftar, I mean, obviously the stuff on the, you know, on Jakku and the outpost, you know, that was good, you know, even before the First Order showed up, wasn't enough of it. But then when we got the freighter stuff, I, I love the interaction between the different gangs and Han didn't like the Tars, unfortunately.
5: Yeah, they were a little cheesy.
3: I was okay with the Tars.
4: Just didn't think it a little bit like it reminded
3: me of like a D&D monster
1: way too much. It was just kind of like, oh, we're in hallways and then there's beholders, chasing <laughs> us, You know, <laughs> which, you know, is fine. It's fine. But but I got to say, like, I think the the thing that I'm walking away from with this is that if you were to go back in time and sort of like erase your memory or talk to someone who saw A New Hope for the first time in 1977 and ask them to describe it in like, you know, like a paragraph like, oh, it's it's exciting. It's funny. There's the memorable bad guys. Chemistry between the young cast is great. Like, all of that is, like, applicable to this film. And I right. think that ultimately think that was their point. goal, to sort of re- recapture that magic of A New Hope. And I feel they've done it. They've they, they pulled that part off.
5: Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and, you know, there was a lot of concern and just generals, like, I feel opinions that it was too much like it was just a, a, a carbon copy of a new hope i really don't feel like that was the case that's not the impression i walked away with at all it didn't feel like that to me
4: i, I would say like i don't I, I i will say some of the carbon copy stuff was kind of you know some of the weaker things about the movie such as you know obviously we talked a lot about giant hurtball. but it's i think the, the one thing i don't think it was hugely detrimental to the film My, my issue with it Is that also the other thing, Doug, about Star Wars takeaway is that sense of like brand new aesthetic wonders. And I don't know if this movie did enough of that, like too many X-Wings, too many TIE fighters, too many Stormtrooper armors. The Star Destroyer wasn't that different than other Star Destroyers. Like there's not a lot of new things to dream about and and imagine. Except
5: aliens. So many new types of aliens. Yeah, I'm all about that. But yes, like, yes. I love the, that, that, that one alien that was like lugging next to Ray and he had like robot arms. But it was like an alien with like robot shoulders yeah, yeah, and yeah, arms. Yeah. There's so many good aliens in this also,
4: movie. I, I they hinted a lot to uh you know, some sort of um gang chase with um with Ray's speeder and that never happened. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't yeah, think
5: I feel like to... a lot got cut from this movie.
4: Yeah, we 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 never saw we never saw BB8 in the in the net.
5: Like
3: oh, yeah, oh that's true right. I mean we kind of did, but when Twin Tito was on him. But like I it I mean I really do think, and I know Doug, I know I know you think I'm crazy. I really do think Constable Zuvio was removed from this movie. I really do think he had a bigger role because we, mm-hmm. we see we see the constable and we also see his two um, uh, deputies right. in that photo yeah. in Empire magazine. Like that's a and with fully rendered faces, I might add. And that's a lot of unnecessary work. Uh, it seems like, you know, much like BB, 8s voice getting changed. Um, new dubs for uh, for Kylo Ren there's just some there were some sequences that got removed for for timing for pacing for like the bigger picture stuff cuz we know they were making edits of this film pretty down to the wire actually to get this perfect balance yeah. and um and i think that he actually got removed because one thing we did we we saw nothing but lawlessness but they actually cast a a lawman character for Jakku and didn't and and you know pushed him out to the front and didn't they didn't need to use him much but like it's weird that you know um like we saw more of PZ, uh, Leia's confidant uh, droid from like the the novels and stuff than we saw. I didn't even uh,
5: notice her in the movie. Where was she?
3: A uh, PZ, PZ was um, in uh, like was working on an, an X wing at one point. Was in the command room and was uh, there was <laughs> over a loudspeaker it was like PZ blah 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 whatever the rest of the numbers are like come okay. to the bar, come to the, the I don't know room of of lights and shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like PZ had more time than that character which is totally understandable I'm not saying I'm, I do believe we were robbed of Zuvio but but it, it's weird because I do think there is more there in a lot of cases not just in this case but in many cases there were actually there was more and I'm not used to Star Wars having let's say an abundance Brian. of deleted scenes because there's always been like a couple here and there um, that are all really cool like the Sandstorm and Jedi and the, the scene of Luke completing his lightsaber or the Wampasamba scene in Empire or the Tashi Station but like those were I, I'm relatively isolated, but I feel like there's a lot of more uh, trimmings, weird little yeah. trimmings here and there for the, from what we know and, about and this w- film.
1: What's with this current trend of the last two Lucas films that came out where you give Harrison Ford the button line at the end of a trailer and then just use an alternate take in the final film, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't mm. know.
3: But i do want to I do want to take them a moment to just you know to talk about Han in the film because it was I mean, it was it was great. It was a little like sometimes a little overly goofy. I thought thinking about him like trying out the bowcaster for the first time and how many years. like that did like like, wow, this gun's really good. Like I see why you use it now. like come on <laughs> like that 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 had to have, that that doesn't make sense at this point in his life. but like <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it was just
1: the- fan service. That's just fan service.
4: but they did it too much. Like he seems yeah, he- to be.
5: He, he talked about it like, like three times. Twice. Yeah,
3: but it was—I mean, it was really enjoyable seeing him on screen. It was—it was wonderful, and it was—it was really painful when he died.
5: Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Hon. It definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I mean, say what you will about Indy Four, uh, but it did kind of feel like he dialed it in for that one a little bit. Um or a lot, depending on you know your opinions on that movie. Um, I don't feel like he dialed it in at all in on this one. Like it, you know, him being funny was funny. him being dramatic was dramatic. Like none of the looks that i that Han gave anyone or I, I just never felt like, man, Harrison didn't want to be here. you know right, I, it, right. it, it felt really committed. You know, he was Han again. It felt like Han. Um, and I, I just thought that was really nice. You know, because I, I think that's what one of the biggest problems with Indy Four was. Like, not only are we seeing Indy as an old as an old man now, but like he also just didn't feel like Indy. That what the charisma wasn't really there. The the writing obviously wasn't there. You know, it, it just it didn't do it for anyone. <laughs> um, but you didn't get that impression at all during this movie. Like, people were They were laughing at Han. They were happy that you know he's punching dudes and shooting dudes and like. It was it was Han Solo, you know, and it it, yeah. it wasn't like a shake your head, oh god, it's it's kind of sad and depressing seeing Han like this. It's like no, this is Han Solo being Han Solo, and that's pretty cool.
1: Right, and like when when they, when he's meeting Leia. And having their little reunion it's it just felt genuine like it's like i wasn't saying uh. i wasn't saying to myself oh there's harrison ford in a han solo outfit talking to carrie fisher in a in a in a, in a general outfit it was like oh this is han and leia like and um it, like it really for whatever reason like it really hit home for me and uh that i had a similar reaction when you see Luke Skywalker at the end, like when he turns around oh, wow. and he flips yeah. and like, and when you see the, the, the metal hand come up and then he flips open the, the hood and he's got like the long hair and he gives this look and you know, props to Mark Hamill for fucking pulling out the acting chops where he didn't even have to say a word, but I look at him and I go, that's fucking Luke Skywalker. Like, I mean, you know, like that's that, that is him for sure.
4: His, his eyes were tearing up. Like there's yeah. so much emotion in that scene and we don't even know why yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like uh, I, I, who, who I just, like like just I think we've been robbed of an amazing actor in Mark Hamill. Like as far as like the mainstream of like and just like commonness of being able to see him for so long. I think it's I really think even beyond Star Wars, he's about to have like a revitalized career because I, he really is a, a special. And he
5: deserves it. He deserves yeah. it.
4: Yep.
1: I know Cap and I've already talked about uh, having a State of the Empire mar- marathon kicking off with a slipstream. Yeah. So we can catch up <laughs> on all the Mark Hamill goodness. I will
5: say, like, just to go back on the Leia and Han thing, like, when she exits that transport and 3PO interrupts, like, that was incredible. Yeah.
4: Best moment of the film.
5: But (laughs) in all all honesty, like, I I thought I was going to cry when they reunited, but what really got me was when Chewie walked by Han and just went and hugged Leia. Like, I started I lost it. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, like... That part, I don't know what it was. Where it was just like it was, there was just such a. It it really felt like seeing your family back together again. And he was walking by, being
3: like, "Yo, fuck you and your baggage, man! I'm gonna go hug my friend. Get get over your shit, you know."
5: And it was. I gotta say.
1: Biggest tease and biggest disappointment of the whole movie is when 3 goes, Oh, you must not have recognized
3: me because of this red arm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. you, you can find out why I have this red arm and in forthcoming Marvel Comics comic book. <laughs> coming this February. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Please do be buying all of my action figures once more <laughs> to make sure that they have the proper arm color.
5: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I guess that that's kind of putting a bow on everything guys. Um Go see the movie. Yeah, it, you said you say to everybody who just said everything's spoiled. Yeah, if you
6: if
1: you sat through this and you have not seen the movie, you are a damn fool. <laughs>
3: um, so some uh, some some reminders. Once again, the Star Wars contest, the coloring contest that we're putting on S O nerdy show.com slash s o t e contest. Um, it's it's on till January 31st, and you can use any means to color it. There's all kinds of rules and FAQs if you're curious. I also created a uh, a willow coloring page based on some old willow, um, uh, this a gorgeous piece from uh, an otherwise not very good at all uh, Jello mail order coloring book for willow. <laughs> um, it, it's beautiful. So scroll to the bottom of the page to, to check that out as well. Not part of the contest, just a bonus thing. And also, Doug and I are hosting a Force Awakens after party this Saturday, December 19th, in Orlando, Florida. At a comic shop's Geek Easy, um, there's Sci-Fi. Is going to be playing. We're going to be doing all kinds of weird games. We're going to be doing a coloring contest on site there too, including a, a bunch of awesome prizes that Doug brought along. Uh, classic Star Wars video games and board games, um, and other stuff as well. And um, I guess uh, let's see. That's 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 the gist of it, right? That, that we're we're done. We got anything else to say?
4: On I'm to Rogue,
3: on to Rogue One, on to Rogue One. Yeah, State of the Empire is nowhere near done. We're going to keep chugging on. Uh, we got a we got a new Star Wars movie like one year from now, ready to go. So um,
5: yeah, may the may the force be with you all.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, nothing's changing here. We're just going to keep looking for news in Alderaan places. Uh, remember, we are a completely listener supported podcast. So if you like what you hear, uh, either. Follow our links to uh, purchase stuff on Amazon, all of our Star Wars stuff listed in this episode's page. We'll go to links that uh, will be redirected through us so you can uh, help Nerdy Show from all your Amazon Amazon purchases, or you can go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon and do that, or head to nerdyshow.com slash support, see the other ways you can support us, including subscribing on Patreon, where you'll get a ton of bonus perks, all kinds of cool stuff, and you'll be supporting our network regularly, delivering more awesome content directly to you. Um, so that's that. Um that's and that's it for State of the Empire for the rest of December, except for Willow Watch coming super duper soon. So um keep an eye peeled and uh you're gonna man, you if you thought you loved Willow before, just wait till you hear these insane stories from Bob Dolman. Um, we're gonna close with a Star Wars holiday Jam. This is uh another track. Last time we did um, Mark with a C's cover of What Would You Get a Wookiee for Christmas, um, this is him teamed up with Cy Fried, who are doing the Star Wars hol- the uh, After Party that we're doing. Um, this is their 2010 collaboration, Star Wars Christmas, from Cy Fried and Mark with a C. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on this incredible journey for State of the Empire. It is nowhere near over yet, but uh, man, it's been, it's been an awakening. Bye, I'm Cap.
5: Bye, I'm
4: Doug. Bye, I'm Matt.
5: I am at Rex
0: Ho 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 no The Empire has set up a blockade Around the North Pole How are we going to deliver toys To all the good younglings this year Rudolph
3: We'll never get them all Delivered by Christmas
2: Christmas will have to be cancelled Fear not Save Christmas The Jedi will
3: listening to State of the Empire presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud, or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com/survey. As listener supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows in the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming. Visit nerdyshowcom slash sponsorships for more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit NerdyShow.com and be sure to follow nerdy show on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered.
5: I just watched a star war this guys. A star war just took place and I watched it.